When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it'll get you, though? For just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. Welcome back in our number two Friday edition. I hope all of you are having a great early start to your weekend, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Uh, I am Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, out sick. You may have heard him yesterday fighting through it. He, like Joe Biden, has a cold, and uh, Buck should be back on Monday uh, rolling with us. Encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment. Lots of great stuff all throughout the week, and we appreciate you helping us set an all-time podcast download record in November. We want to do the same in December. We are joined now by Monica Crowley, former assistant treasury secretary under Donald Trump. And, uh, Monica, we appreciate you coming on with us. I want to start right off the top here with the massive miss when it came to new jobs. An expected number of 573,000 came in at 210,000. Why do you think that is? Hi, Clay. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, yeah, we got another huge disappointment in the jobs report for the month of November. And actually, over the last four months, three out of the last four, Clay, have been disastrous. Uh, starting in August, September, uh, and then November. October was sort of a a more positive report, but even that is being revised a little bit downward. So it's clear now we're we're back into a downward trend. Uh, It's also clear that the labor crunch that we have seen essentially since Biden became president is still in full effect. And there are a number of reasons why we're not seeing jobs take off. The first thing is that, you know, during the emergency last year, President Trump made the very difficult decision to do a wholesale shutdown of the U.S. economy. And that was warranted because we had no idea what this virus was or how it was going to behave. And the whole world was shutting down. So there was no way that the United States could be the only country not shutting down before we had a real handle on what this was all about. So when we did that, the government also understood that it needed to step into the breach. 
So we had to do this emergency level spending and create all of these programs to get American workers and businesses through the most acute period of the crisis. Well, that being said, the crisis is now over. The emergency is long gone, Clay, but you've got unified Democratic control in Washington between the White House and Capitol Hill. And what they have done is maintained emergency level spending absent the actual emergency, paying people more to stay at home than to go to work. And I don't care who you are. Most people are economically rational. And if you pay them more to stay at home than go to work, that's exactly what they're going to do. The other thing, too, I think, which is why over the last few months you've seen such a a very soft labor market, is these vaccine mandates. Certainly in October and November, when the discussion really started ramping up about putting all these vax mandates into place, you've seen a lot of people get fired, and you've seen a lot of people uh, very hesitant to get the shot, so now their futures are very uncertain. They're leaving the labor force. Some are coming back in. We've seen an interesting dynamic there. But I think government policy is really continuing to have this big wet blanket over the labor market. It's fascinating to think about the difference between, and I started off the show talking about this, Monica, red state recovery economically versus blue state recovery. While Biden is trumpeting the success of his policies, really it's red state America that is successful. If everybody looked like blue state America right now, where numbers I have in front of me right now, I mean, California still has a 7.3% unemployment rate. Um, New Jersey has a 7% unemployment rate. New York, 6.9%. These are the states that are most aggressively embracing Joe Biden's economic policies, and they're failing relative to the Floridas, the Texases, the Alabamas, the Tennessees of the world. Yeah, in fact, 17 of the top 20 states for job recovery. We're not talking about job creation here. We're just talking about job recovery post-pandemic. We're still in that phase. So when the White House talks about, oh, we're creating these all these new jobs, that is false. This is a job recovery operation, not a job creation operation at this point. 17 out of the top 20 states with job recovery, they're all led by Republicans. To your point, red states have been far more successful with this economic recovery than blue states. You mentioned some of those blue states with their unemployment rates. Clay, New York City has a 10% unemployment rate. You see the same in a lot of these deep blue cities, too, like Chicago and, and Philadelphia and so on. Look, policy matters. We know what works. We saw it for four years under President Trump, who put in place a pro-growth economic agenda, tax cuts, regulatory relief, fair trade deals, and unleashing our great energy sector. And the direct result was a booming economy with unemployment at, at or near historic lows for every demographic group and poverty at a historic low, including for African-Americans. So we know what works. The problem now is we've got unified government under the Democrats who simply don't care. You know, it drives me crazy, Clay, when I hear people talk about incompetence. Oh, Biden and his team are so incompetent. The Democrats are so incompetent. That is false. This is not incompetence. This is totally deliberate. This is all about re-engineering the U.S. economy into a more collectivist, socialist, 
kind of model. That's what they want. They do not care about policies that actually work for American workers and businesses and industries. They do not care about that. This is an ideological jihad to re-engineer, reshape the country through the U.S. economy. How important within that construct is it for the Build Back Better bill to not become law, given that I think you probably agree. And by the way, we're talking with Monica Crowley, former assistant treasury secretary under President Trump, that Republicans are going to sweep back into power, certainly in the House in 2022 and probably in the Senate as well. And that means that the Democrats wouldn't be able to pass anything for the remaining two years of the Biden administration, at least not with a lot of Republican support. Do you think they're going to be able to ram through the Build Back Better bill, this massive multi-trillion dollar cost package with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema kind of sitting out there on the sidelines still uncommitted? Or do you think that this thing is going to die on the vine? Well, I know a lot of people say, look, this is for, for Democrats who are essentially Marxists for the most part. There are some exceptions like the two you mentioned, but this is essentially a Marxist party now. Um, that they view politics simply as a vehicle to get their agenda done, the fundamental transformation of the nation. So just like with Obama, when he rammed through Obamacare and then the Democrats suffered mass losses in 2010 and both houses flipped and you saw thousands of Democrats lose their positions at all levels of government across the country, for them, they actually think that it's, I mean, they'd rather be in power than not, Clay. But if they have to lose power and control temporarily, for them it's worth it if they can slam through the agenda and move the Overton window even further and further left. So their whole view is, well, you can't really make a socialist omelet without breaking a few eggs. So if we have to lose a few national elections here and there, it's okay. We'll come back at some point, right? They're just trying to advance the ball down the field. Will they get Build Back Better uh, done? You know, I know a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, because it's, it's worth it for them just to slam something through. And it is possible. My view is that if we can make it past January 1st without them getting the bill done, then the odds go way down because you still have a lot of vulnerable Democrats in purple states and districts or red states and districts who are coming up for reelection next year. Do they really want to go back to their constituents and say, I raised your taxes during an election year? I'm not convinced that all of this is, is going to go through. Now, I could be wrong, and, and the Democrats could slam something into place, and they'll probably get some kind of compromise. But I think the timetable is going to be really crucial here. And just keep leaning on all of these people, especially the most vulnerable Democrats, that if they do this, they are committing political suicide. We're talking to Monica Crowley, former Assistant Sec Treasury Secretary under President Trump. Uh, last question for you, Monica, and I appreciate the time. Do you think Donald Trump is going to run for re-election in 2024? I do, actually. I, I do. Um, he, you know, he hasn't certainly hasn't told me, and he hasn't told anybody else for sure. But my sense is that he is going to run, and I think he's going to run for a number of reasons. First of all, he talks about having to bring America back. Uh, make America great again, again. Um, and he's frankly the only one who can bring the U.S. economy back a third time 
He did it when he first came into office. He did it last year during the pandemic when we were coming out of that. And he's the only leader on the scene, as far as I can see, who could do it a third time. So I think he so loves the country that I think he's going to do it for that reason. But also, I think he wants to clean up the historical record. I mean, I really think that that he uh, sees what happened in 2020 and he wants to give it another run. And again, I'm only speaking for myself and speculation, but knowing the president as I do and knowing how much he really cares about this country, I think he uh, look, if all things are equal and his health stays great and Biden continues to mess up the country beyond all recognition, um, I think he is going to likely make another run at it. And, and I think we'd be blessed if he were to do that. I know I said last question, but if he runs, it seems clear that Mike Pence would not be his running mate as vice president. Is there somebody you'd like to see him pick? Is there a vice presidential candidate? Obviously, he'd only have four years to serve. So his vice presidential pick would be so massively important because if he won in 2024, the presumptive candidate in 2028 would be that vice president. Is there somebody you love that you think would be a good match? Well, you know, no one in particular, but I do know that the Republicans have an extraordinary deep base of talent uh, who are populists as well as conservatives who could really work with Trump. And if Trump doesn't run, they can certainly run on their own and, and be extremely successful, I think. Look, whether it's Trump or anybody else, Clay, the truth is that Biden is making such a catastrophe out of the country and, frankly, out of, out of the free world that all the candidate would have to do is stand there and point to, <laughs> and point to the Biden and the catastrophe that he has created and, and win. Um, I think, look, you've got Ron DeSantis, you've got Christy Nome, you've got Tim Scott out of South Carolina, you've got Mike Pompeo. You, we've got a very deep bench of very, very talented people, Ted Cruz. So I think um, whether or not Trump runs, I think we are in very good standing going into 2024. I agree with you, Monica. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Thanks, Clay. Ah, uh, thank you. When you look back at this year and ask yourself, what steps did you take to protect the value of your savings account or your IRA? Will it include the purchase of gold? Protection's important for your portfolio, and purchasing real gold as a part of that plan is made possible by our partners at Oxford Gold Group. They can arrange the purchase of real gold, and they can have it delivered to your home, too. The consistent measure of gold against all markets and investment types has proven gold's value in helping to protect the value of your hard-saved dollars. So if you think buying real gold's complicated, our friends at Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They'll explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them today at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. Call Oxford at 833-404-GOLD. That's 833-404-G-O-L-D. Play and Buck, inspired by Rush, the next generation, because it's just too important on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons, 
One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date health lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Welcome back in. I am Clay Travis sitting in right now for Buck Sexton solo. Usually the two of us would be on right now, but Buck is feeling under the weather. And uh, one of the big topics that's been discussed of late certainly has been the Alec Baldwin shooting and what exactly went on on that movie set. And last night there was a sit-down discussion Alec Baldwin had with George Stephanopoulos. I actually went on with Sean Hannity, and we discussed it. I want to play a clip for you of Alec Baldwin discussing President Trump weighing in on this situation. 
But I want to put this into a larger context for you. Alec Baldwin effectively said the gun fired without him pulling the trigger. Now, I'm not a firearms expert, but that seems highly unlikely. And Alec Baldwin also said someone's responsible, but it's not me. The gun was in his hand when it went off and a woman died. There is certainly going to be a large number of civil lawsuits. What is going to have to be determined is whether or not the negligence at play here, according to the DA, rose to the level of being a crime or whether it was merely negligence in a civil context. That's going to be a big decision, and it may ultimately come down to a jury having to determine what was or was not appropriate. But Alec Baldwin, if you watch that interview, it was a clear attempt to put someone else on the chopping block, proverbially, to pass the buck to someone else and avoid all blame himself. And Alec Baldwin is an incredibly talented actor. And so as you watched him, if you saw any of this interview, as you watched him crying and engaging in histrionics, wringing his hands, looking so wildly uncomfortable, I couldn't help but think this feels like a production. A production of Alec Baldwin putting his story out there. I don't think this was authentic. I believe he was working in concert with his lawyers to come up with the best possible story that he could tell. And the best story that he could tell in his mind is the gun went off without me pulling the trigger. Seems highly unlikely. But he also has been criticized by George Clooney, which he wasn't happy about. And Donald Trump weighed in and Alec Baldwin responded to Trump. And when I heard this, I thought, oh, man. Let me play this audio for the for the crew out here, and then I want to discuss what would have happened if Donald Trump had been involved in a similar incident to Alec Baldwin. But listen to what Alec Baldwin said about Trump weighing in on this movie set shooting. One of your brothers, Daniel, suggested that you've also become a target for your political views. Do you agree with that? Well, I don't. I don't think that anybody has said anything about and has has used this as an opportunity other than people you would fully expect to have done that. Like President Trump? The former president of the United States said that that I'm a wacko or whatever, and I probably shot her and killed her on purpose. Or loaded the gun. He said that I did it deliberately. He said he killed her deliberately. And I thought to myself... Just when you think that the, the things can't get more surreal, here is the former president of the United States making a comment on this tragic situation. Well, is this real life? If Donald Trump had shot someone, Alec Baldwin would have opened up Saturday Night Live reenacting it as a skit and demanding that Donald Trump go to jail for the rest of his life. He's going to now claim that what Trump said is unlike anything that he said about Trump for years? How out of touch with reality is Alec Baldwin that that's his response to this? He would have been playing Donald Trump in a Saturday Night Live skit, shooting people left and right if Trump had been involved here. You all know it. Coming to break now here, and I want to let you know the worst experience you can have online is being exposed. Think of all your emails, all your web searches being read by some cyber hacker. It makes you sick to your stomach, and unfortunately, it happens way more than you think. 
That's because cyber hackers take your info, sell it on the dark web for $1,000 or so. On a good day, they gain access to data and maybe a lot of other people's data too. That's why you need protection. That's why you need to secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash clay. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash clay. Get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash clay. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go subscribe to our podcast. We roll into the weekend. Number one month of podcast ever for us in November. Up over 1.3 million podcast downloads, almost to 10 million. Uh, which is a monster number out there, especially for a radio show that's as big as this one. Uh, help us get directly over 10 million. That's our new target. We'd like to do it in December. We know a lot of people are going to be out and about. You miss an interview, make sure you don't miss anything. Hop in, subscribe. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton's name, and you will be ready to roll. And you can go give us five stars. If Dub texts me one of your five-star reviews, and it's funny, boom, you might read it on air. And if we do, you can get a prize pack. So, Make that a reality. You know, I'm going to be down in Atlanta this uh, weekend. In fact, hopping in a car in about an hour and a half and headed down there for the Georgia-Alabama game. We are going to be joined by Herschel Walker, who may be the man that gives Republicans back control of the Senate at the top of the next hour. But also, we're going to be doing a live show from 1 to 3 Eastern. If you're going to be down in Atlanta for the SEC championship game, or if you just live in the Atlanta area, We'll be at Stats doing a pregame show for the College Football Conference Championship weekend. It's fun. Come by, swing, hang out. Uh, but I was listening to some of the monologues from all of the different late-night comedians. And by the way, Greg Gutfeld, Buck was on his show last night. Buck, by the way, out sick today. But he was out last night doing the show with Gutfeld. And Gutfeld is overwhelmingly dominating. Jimmy Kimmel. Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Trevor Noah, everybody out there who has a late-night talk show. And one reason why I think Greg Gutfeld is dominating is because he's still trying to make you laugh in the same sort of old-school setup as existed with David Letterman and as existed with Johnny Carson. And as I listen to this monologue from Stephen Colbert on abortion, First of all, Stephen Colbert is not very smart in terms of analyzing politics. He's also not that funny anymore. It's a very strident, morally uh, focused late night talk show. And I'm 42 and I grew up loving David Letterman. I grew up watching Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, all those people late at night. You remember when you were a kid and you got to stay up a little bit late past your bedtime you got to watch the late night comedians was so great about them was they were equal opportunity bomb throwers they'd really legitimately tried whether they did it or not perfectly of course not but they tried to equally take shots at the excesses and stupidities of republicans and at the excesses and stupidities of, of democrats sort of imagine bill clinton he was a consistent punchline for these guys, even though he's a Democratic politician. George W. Bush, 
similarly a consistent punchline. He was a Republican. But they treated the two guys, at least in my experience, very similar. Ronald Reagan, not a lot different. Even Barack Obama, they would make fun of a little bit. But with Trump, they went off the deep end. And now, without Trump, you know, Stephen Colbert made his entire show an anti-Trump screed, and it worked. There were sheep out there that desperately wanted their late-night comedians to only make fun of Donald Trump, and then everybody followed. And the reason that Greg Gutfeld is dominating, I think, is because he just kind of focuses on the humor, and these other guys have become so strident politically, and they're all coming from the same angle that there's a huge opportunity for Greg Gutfeld. But I listened to this clip from Stephen Colbert on abortion, and I thought to myself, one, this guy's not very smart in terms of even what he's trying to say, but two, how do we get to a place where a late-night comedian walks out onto the stage and this is the jokes, in quotation marks, jokes that he is making? Last month, an ABC News Washington Post poll found that 60% support upholding Roe compared to only 27% who want to overturn it. If it is this unpopular, why is everyone saying it's going to happen? Well, and I don't want to get too technical, but we, what's the word? Don't live in a democracy. Five of the nine justices were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. The last three confirmed by a Republican Senate who now represent 41 million fewer Americans than the Democrats. In fact, Republican senators haven't represented a majority of the U.S. population since 1996. A lot has changed since 1996. Back then, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor went to Kevin Spacey, and the best director was Mel Gibson. All right. So the Spacey and the Gibson line, maybe that's the attempted joke there. But what he's really saying is if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it's going to be a sign that our democracy doesn't work. To me, it's the exact opposite. See, the judges are not elected. They are appointed for life. The idea that a judicial system should determine a fundamental political question is what I believe has made abortion such an incredibly contentious issue in this country. We actually would have more of a democracy, Stephen Colbert, if the justices overturned Roe v. Wade and gave back the decision to determine whether or not abortion should be legal to all of the democratically elected representatives in every state. If there is this great groundswell for abortion to be legal in your individual state, then the politicians who represent the people will allow abortion to be legal. If there is a great groundswell of abortion not to be legal in your state, then the politicians will be elected who will vote against abortion being legal. What happened that Stephen Colbert is defending is the very antithesis of democracy. Instead of our political system making a choice, hard as it may be, about what we want the law to be on abortion, we allowed our politicians to punt the issue to a court of unelected judges to determine what the law of abortion is in the land. That has created a great deal of antagonism and poisoned our judicial system because it has turned 
the appointment of justices into a political proxy war over abortion. If individual elected politicians have to make their choices on abortion, public and readily viewable for everyone, that is the very essence of what a democracy is because then all of us can decide whether to vote for or against those elected officials who are letting their voice on abortion be determined. It's frustrating to me that the court would be attacked here for potentially making the choice to overrule a precedent that was never supported by basic American democracy in the first place. What they would be exercising is not judicial activism, it's judicial restraint. And what Colbert doesn't understand is that is what is supposed to happen in our American democracy, where we allow all of you to have your voices heard directly when it comes to an issue such as this. And again, I want to reiterate, so a lot of people out there don't understand what's at stake with the Mississippi abortion law. If Roe v. Wade were overturned, every individual state would decide whether or not abortion is legal. It would not end abortion in America. It would end abortion in terms of the Supreme Court deciding it. Then all 50 states would get to make a determination about what the law is. That is ultimately far more democratic than allowing nine unelected justices to determine a fundamentally, fundamentally, in my opinion, political question. It's probably not a surprise that Stephen Colbert is an idiot when it comes to analyzing an issue such as this, but it is kind of disappointing with all the writers that he has that nobody would have pointed that out to him. By the way, Legacy Box has made plans to be very busy this time of year satisfying families nationwide by bringing their family memories back to life. This is a company that digitizes old family movies and videos and makes them all watchable and shareable again. Box after box of old videotapes and Super 8 film shows up at Legacy Box Campus facility in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Great town. My mom's hometown. Spent a lot of time there as a kid. Every movie, picture, and slide is digitized with a white glove kind of treatment. Legacy Box isn't new at doing this. Ten years in the business and 1.2 million satisfied customers. They're ready to help you and your family digitize your memories on film and video. This is the last day of their Cyber Week sale where they're giving you an incredible 65% off. It's the biggest discount we've ever seen them offer. They, They can make you an incredible holiday gift right now. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Clay for an incredible 65% off any size Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash Clay, 65% off. Don't wait. This deal won't last long at all. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. I love this, folks. I'm sorry I could listen to this all day. <laughs> this all day because it is so informative and instructive. Words forever etched into the heart of America. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, inspired by Rush on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, 
diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date health lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. What an idiot Colbert is. I mean, imagine sitting around saying like, hey, we get the opportunity to do a show to make Americans laugh. That's a pretty good job, right? You got an entire staff of people that sit around and just try to come up with things that they think are funny. That's basically what the monologue is. I'm not going to claim that this job is wildly difficult to do uh, when it comes to making people laugh, but it'll be a fun job and certainly get great guests, get to sit down, interview them for a few minutes. They give you a note card with the questions already prepared, something, by the way, that Buck and I never do. 
sit around and like have people give us questions to ask, things like that. And you're sitting around, you're like, hey, what could we talk about today? What could we kind of have some fun with? Somebody's like, you should open your monologue on a late night comedy show talking about abortion. And then we'll throw in the fact that it's anti-democratic and that our democracy is not going to survive if Roe v. Wade is overturned. It's all such BS. And it's all such propaganda. And it's not even disguised anymore. And it's frustrating to see, I mean, what does Stephen Colbert make? $20 million a year, some insane salary? And he can't even understand the basic roles of government? If you're at least going to be going out and leading your monologue talking about Roe v. Wade, maybe understand the basic precepts under which Roe v. Wade would be decided and that it would actually be more democratic of the Supreme Court if they overturned Roe v. Wade because it would mean the direct political process would be involved in determining whether abortion was going to be legal in your state. He's arguing, as part of his comedic monologue, absolute untruth and also demonstrating a fundamental misunderstanding of the most elemental bases of separation of powers and what the role of the court is under our Constitution. It's actually far more democratic if Roe v. Wade is overturned because instead of unelected judges determining the law of the land, your state legislators and your governors who you decide whether or not to elect every couple of years would make the choice instead. That's the very foundation of our democratic process. And you got people running around out there arguing that somehow the judges are being anti-democratic by allowing the American political process to make determinations when it comes to issues such as abortion. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of separation of powers and what the role of our judiciary is in our country. It's got me all fired up. Whether you believe that the right, the right of Roe v. Wade, the ruling of Roe v. Wade, supplemented by Planned Parenthood versus Casey, is correct or not, it is anti-democratic to allow nine judges to determine what the standard is for whether abortion should occur across the entire nation. And I think that's what's made abortion politics particularly toxic. Because instead of 50 individual states making their own decisions, and you, all of you out there, deciding whether to vote for or against people, partly based on their decisions there, we've allowed the courts to take this case away from the American public, and we've made the courts more toxic, and we've made American politics more toxic. The answer is actually more democracy. All right, that's serious. Here's what Stephen Colbert should have been making fun of. We got another clip of Brian Kelly, the new coach of LSU. Used to be at Notre Dame. He's been down in LSU for literally a couple of hours, and he has developed the worst Southern accent this side of Nicolas Cage on Conair. It's open line Friday. I want to have some fun unlike what they do on the Colbert Show on a day-to-day basis. 800-282-2882. What is the worst actor or actress accent that you have ever heard? The worst actor or actress accent that you have ever heard in a TV show or a movie. Here is Brian Kelly, Notre Dame head football coach at the time, basically, using the word family. 
He is from the Northeast. He coaches in the Midwest until a couple of days ago, until he got $100 million. I want you to listen to the way that he said family when he was a Notre Dame coach and compare it to the way that he said family when he became the coach of the LSU Tigers. This is an unbelievable transformation in the space of a few hours. Those incredible 12 years of my life for me and my family um, being here in Notre Dame. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana. Can you believe that? He can't say the word family normally in the space of a few hours. This is I, I think this this goes well beyond the world of sports stupidity because politicians do this all the time too. You remember Hillary Clinton? Remember when Hillary Clinton would talk to Southerners and she would sound like she was born in Jackson, Mississippi and lived there for her entire life as opposed to Chicago, Illinois? Now, she did marry Bill Clinton and live in Arkansas for a while. But it was so transparently fake. It was a sign that she was trying to appeal to people by being something that she wasn't, which is the exact opposite of what we want from our political figures. And let's play Brian Kelly one more time. Open phone lines, 1-800-282-2882. Worst accents ever. This is up there with Nick Cage and Con Air. Brian Kelly, family in Indiana versus family in Louisiana. One more time. 12 years of my life for me and my family um, being here in Notre Dame. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana. Imagine if Buck and I did this. Like, we go on the road and we're talking in different cities than we used to be from. If you just tuned in and, you know, Buck's in Milwaukee and all of a sudden he sounds like he's got a bratwurst and, a, you know, big uh, kernel of cheese and it's uh, sitting in front of him the whole time. I'm down in, uh, in, in, in Miami or Louisiana and suddenly I sound like I'm Cajun uh, or Cuban or whatever it might be. This is so ridiculous. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Herschel Walker. He may be about to flip the Senate back to Republicans beat the Reverend Raphael Warnock in the state of Georgia. He's going to join us next. This Clay and Buck show. Thanks for hanging with us. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear. 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.